This is capitalism. It is alienating. Every facet of life takes on the structure of the sale of a commodity. When you open your eyes today in this social system, you are for sale. If you are to survive, you must do soul-crushing work. Every space, even your home, takes on the structure of a factory. We are surrounded by machines in our work and in our home that we are told will improve our lives. But most of them are just weapons to keep us controlled. This is not how we were meant to live. Luckily, there is someone who is willing to support you. He's here to spread the message of love and peace. He wants the whole world to rise up and overthrow its hateful leaders. And unite under a common slogan, everyone should have what they need. He is the hero of labor. Workers of the world, unite. Hey everyone, Blair here. Some people know me as Vidak, some people know me as Bootlicker, some people know me as the hero of labor. I think significantly less people know me as the hero of labor, but I decided to make this video today on uh, what real communism is, or um, what communism actually is. So I have three points that I'd like to mention, or maybe three or four points, and that is the difference between capitalist democracy and socialist democracy, that's item number one. Then um, what expropriation of the capitalist means of production is, that's number two. Number three is um, what democracy actually is, what a massive participatory democracy actually is under socialism. And uh, fourthly, what it means to smash the state, or what kind of state solutions we can expect, or what kind of state solutions we should really um, be accepting um, for communism. So let's start with um, number one, and that is what democracy actually is. So capitalism only affords political democracy, and that is that every three years in Australia, or every two years in the US, you have an election, and you don't get to vote for your boss. You don't get to vote for your managers, you don't get to vote for your line managers, you don't get to vote your leading hands in, so you don't actually have economic democracy under capitalism. And that's a really bad thing, and that basically makes your workplace a dictatorship, and that's a really unfortunate thing. And it's a really oppressive thing, and it means that when you go to work, you're being dictated to, you're being forced to wear uniforms, you're, you're told your hours to show up. Um, in most cases, and if you're a worker, you get dictated the amount of pay that you get. You don't get to negotiate it. You don't get to talk about your needs and what kind of things you actually need to survive. The difference between that and socialism is that socialism will afford you economic democracy. And that is that you will be able to vote for your managers. You will be able to vote for your bosses. You will be able to vote for your delegates to say, well, workers' assembly or workers' council. You will be able to vote for your union delegates. You will be able to have free elections inside your unions. So that's another thing. You don't really get to vote for your union bosses in Australia. And that's a really frustrating thing. And um, it's pretty undemocratic. And it means that a whole bunch of decisions that affect your life don't actually come from your own agency. They don't, they don't allow you to work collectively. They don't actually allow you to have control over the economic process, which is exactly what communism is. And that's something I want to bring out of this video, is that the kinds of democracy that will exist under communism, are the popular control of the economy, will be able to exert political control on, on, the, on the economy. And this is something that maybe sometimes Althusserians like to um, advo advocate. So this, these are followers of um, Jacques Althusser, no, forget his first name. Althusser, French um, political philosopher from the um, 60s, talks about the political domain under socialism or communism coming to control the economic domain. And this is where the invisible hand comes to disappear. And that's something that John Smith, um, John, uh, Adam Smith, sorry, Adam Smith talked about 
in his um, book, The Wealth of Nations, and that is that capitalism seems to have an invisible moving force that no one seems to be able to control. Obviously, this is a lie. It's controlled by the bosses and made by the ruling class. But this in, um, dissociation between or, or illusion that no one is actually controlling the economy starts to disappear when we enter into a transitional phase from capitalism to communism. The next thing I want to talk about is the expropriation of the means of production. So a lot of people talk about how current communist countries or current actually existing communist countries. I am I in particular subscribe to the idea that Cuba actually is a socialist country. That's up to you. Um, um, whatever debate we want to have about that, we can have that later. Um, a lot of these countries live in uh, relative scarcity and um, a lot of people point towards um, actually existing communism as maybe being uh, very limited in resources or some people seem to think that we have to accept uh, a, a lesser standard of life under communism and this is actually not true. The really good thing about um, us moving into communism or transitioning into communism is that we will take back all the, all the machinery. We will start to lay our hands and actually be able to not be separated. We won't be separated any anymore from the fact, from the tools, from the machinery, from the means of production, or the, the the farms, the seeds, the grain, the planks of wood, the nails, the screws, the car engines. All of these things we'll be able to control again, and this will actually help us have a massive amount of um, resources, and and will massively increase the amount of production that we'll be able to dedicate towards meeting people's needs as opposed to directing them towards profit. And so, for instance, there's you know two or three factories in Shenzhen in China that, that one-third of the electronics in the whole world pass through. So just taking control of those small number of factories in that location or some location in China will, allow, will enable us to completely direct the way electronics are controlled in, in, the, global cap, in the global communist system. So. We, this, there's, there's a real truth behind the joke, um, luxury space communism, and that is that we will be able to have a, an amazing standard of life under communism because the amount of productive capacity that we currently have that's wasted under capitalism will be able to direct it towards meeting people's needs. The last thing I want to talk about is um, smashing the capitalist state because we actually talked quite a bit about participatory democracy. So smashing the state is something that's absolutely necessary. So let's say you have a parking ticket and you refuse to pay it and you get a summons you know, to court and you don't go to court. Well, eventually the police are going to show up and let's say you form a band of guerrillas to fight the police. Well, eventually the army is going to show up. So any little challenge that you have to the state eventually multiplies and multiplies. The capitalist state multiplies and multiplies um, depending on how much you're willing to fight that um, system. So there's a reason why the police exist, there's a reason why the armies exist, and that is to make sure that there is some sort of physical coercion behind um, the work day and the way that the normative capitalist system works, the, you know, the kinds of norms and values that they expect you to have, well there's physical force to back that up, to make sure that if at least, even if at least you don't believe in it, you follow it or, ex or at least accept it or you know, comport yourself towards it. So that has to be removed eventually. So let's say we have a revolution tomorrow, um, and everyone goes at war, let's say we have a general strike tomorrow, and the general strike continues. Well, eventually the police are the ones who are going to instigate the violence and try to make everyone go back to work. They'll try and smash it all up and make sure that people go back to work as normal. That's pretty much the way how all revolutions have gone. The moment you have a, a period where everyone withdraws their labor from the capitalist system, the first act of violence is usually always the police to make sure that people 
are forced to go back to work. So that's the reason why we have to smash the capitalist state. That's absolutely the reason why we have to challenge the state and why we can't go into the capitalist state and reform it from the inside. And that's the reason why we are revolutionaries, right? This is the reason why we believe in revolution. Revolution doesn't necessarily have to be bloody and quite a few revolutions haven't been bloody up until the very end, for instance, when you end up in civil wars, for instance, when major imperialist powers invade countries like Russia or, you know, Cuba, for example, or, you know, other, other, other different types of countries. So it's a complex issue, but this is the reason why we have to smash the capitalist state, and this is the reason why I advocate for a stateless kind of communism. I, this is, I, I think this is probably the reason why I subscribe to, you know, municipal confederalism or democratic confederalism or whatever um, Murray Bookchin calls it. I think I'm starting to even call it communist confederalism or commun sorry, communist municipalism. So yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it for this video. This is a very long video. I don't think I've talked this intensely or this long about communism for a really long time. Um, one thing I'd like to mention is that I have a Patreon and that Patreon, um, I guess I'll link in the video description. But if you follow me on Mastodon, which is, I'm on anticapitalist.party at Dirty Como. Um, I'm pretty sure that's my name. But anyway, my, my email is vidak at riseup.net. Please, please feel lucky if you want to send me an email, you can. My blog is also bootlicker.party. But if you'd like to support me in making these videos, um, have a think about donating to my Patreon. I think it's, I think it's worthwhile. Um, but yeah, I'll catch you comrades on the flip side.